Hello, <laughs> welcome to this week's episode of The Patch, brought to you by MeUndies and Movement. Thank you, MeUndies and Movement, for sponsoring this episode of The Patch. I'm so sleepy, but I'm also Gus. I'm Ashley. <laughs> and not, not quite as sleepy as Gus. I'm also sleepy, Ryan, yes. And I'm we had quite a morning. even sleepier, Gus. We had a well, long day. You guys were doing a lot of recording for uh, Heroes and Halfwits, yeah, right? Yeah, we filming Heroes and Halfwits all day. Was so it, was, I, I know, I can hear it through the wall. <laughs> we got very animated. This might have been, we might have recorded my favorite episode of Heroes and Halfwits today. I think it's going to be episode 19. That was a good episode, one. Those episodes are Strong long, words. That's a lot of recording you yeah. do. It's yeah, it was like four or five hours. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, but it was good. It was good. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. We can we talk about it's gaming related. 19. That is gaming related. It's tabletop gaming. It's Dungeons and Dragons. I, I wear like a chainmail uh, hat, so my hair is always very no, flat. You, I, did you do it though? Because it looks nice. Thank you. But it was short to be. I had a haircut recently, so now it's just like it's not like my crazy hair down to flat, <laughs> flat hair. Yeah. Uh, so video games. I hear there may have been one or two things that came out this week that people were very excited about. Yeah, there were some games that came out. Um, well, I don't. It's not. This week, but it came out end of last week, is um, Bioshock the Collection. Oh, right, right. Mm -hmm. Which um, I've been, I mean, I love the Bioshock franchise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I started playing it, but I ha ended up having to play it on console because the PC issues were so bad that I. Fuck, really? They were really, really oh, bad. Yeah. They're, uh, so it's weird. Bioshock came out in 2008. I know. Uh, 2007, 2008. It came out a long time ago. Like eight. 2007. Years. 2007. Okay, so it came out uh, nine years ago, and the collection came out last week, and somehow a bunch of the things that were issues in the PC version of Bioshock originally are still there. That's a fucking shame. But I played it on Xbox originally, so I'm not privy to any of those issues. What issues are they? Oh, I mean, well, I mean, it runs thing. So there's um, frame rate stutters. Um, they upgraded like textures, but like not much else apparently. I, I wrote there's uh, mouse acceleration issues. Those were in it um, originally to start with anyway. And who uses mouse acceleration? That's anymore? a really common no problem with, with with ports. I don't know why. Especially like old ports, I guess. But it seems like something that should have been fixed. Um, there's no FOV slider. That's nonsense. Can you change it in like the INI file or anything? Yeah. So there's a bunch of like, but that's the thing is you shouldn't. You shouldn't have, have to. to you totally. shouldn't have to use editors to change game files in order to get is notepad really an editor no yes. i mean is this no notepad notepad is the greyhound of editors you're it's looking at it the wrong editor. way it's not that they have to it's that they get to dig into the game files and really customize I mean, it to the way they uh, need uh, to make but but but, <laughs> yeah. but, 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 seriously, but but seriously though like <laughs> as far as fov that's how you learn <laughs> As far as FOV goes, like on sometimes sometimes on console ports or on console games, the FOV is is horrible. And then when you get to on a PC, at least you can at least you can. Does that. FOV bother you that much? It's yeah. Yeah, I, I see so many people have issues with it, and it was not something that really came to my attention. Here's the thing that happened until people talked about it. That happened to me that made me realize it recently was I was playing Human Revolution, which is a game that starts with like a sixty FOV. And it's it's just I felt Blah. I felt like I was in a tiny box, and I felt like claustrophobic actually. Really? And so I just cranked it up, and I was like, I feel way better. Like the, it's one of those things that like you may not realize, but like you don't like playing a game because of how weird you feel playing it until you crank up the FOV. You're like, holy fuck, this is a better game now. It I, is true that I didn't realize uh, what a difference FOV could make until I went through like a slider on the first time. I was like. Oh my god, like instead, yeah. like now with a low FOV, I just feel like I'm zoomed in like this with blinders mm -hmm. yep. on. 
and I can't see the amount of world that I need to see. Mm -hmm. Well, it's one of those things where if I see, obviously, if I see a high FOV of that game and then move to a low FOV, then, yeah, clearly it's like, I, I can't play it like this, Do but... Do we need to explain what FOV is? Uh, so field of view, which is uh, I don't know. You're giving me a weird look. No, why not? Uh, no, no, it's it's fair because there's a lot of people who you know, particularly if you're console if you're, plebs. Uh, <laughs> 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 anyway, moving right along, Adam, you'd get along really well with Michael Pachter. He made some uh, comments about PC gamers recently. I'm just really joking, fun. by the way. I, I uh, don't have a problem with console players. But, yeah, a lot of console games don't have FOV sliders. So you may, console players may not know necessarily what it is. Um, so it's field of view, and it allows you to customize more or less how much of the world you can see, almost like the the angle that you're seeing the world out of. So it's like, like a straight-ahead angle. Like people think of like a, a fisheye lens or, kind of thing. Yeah, or wide angle. And so you're able to... It, or what it ends up looking like more is like zooming in or zooming out. So you see like this much of the screen, but then if you turn up the FOV slider, you'll see this much of the if screen. And there's a, there's an example um, pulled up here that'll show you what it's like with a low FOV versus a high FOV. So there is like a, a correlation with FOV to like how far away you are from your TV. So with console games, like they're, they're generally set at a lower FOV because like the optimal distance you sit from your TV is like eight feet or something like that. And that's why they're set lower. Like it looks fine. Like you play like a game like Halo that has a lower FOV, but because you're sitting at a normal distance away from it, it looks fine. Um, and also has to do with like screen size and things like that. But like some people, if the FOV is too low, like they'll get motion sickness. Like some people that are triggered by motion sickness in like F FPS games, it's partially because of FOV. Hmm. I've never made that correlation before. No, it's yeah, I've heard that a lot that it's very motion uh, dependent. But yeah, it's one of those things where I, if I just play a game from the outset at a certain FOV, I will never really notice. I, I thought, but the if same I turn way. it up, then it's like, oh, it's it's way better. The, the, like the thing that I that made me really realize that was. I guess I'd been playing like Overwatch a bunch, and then I went to with a higher FOV. Then I went to another first-person shooter with a lower FOV, which was Human Revolution, and like you really, really notice it. I wonder if it's a uh, little bit of a correlation. So, like people who get motion sick uh, in cars and that sort of thing, you're supposed to be able to, if you look out at the like at the front of the window and just like get your bearings within the world, it's supposed to help a whole bunch, which is why they tend to sit like in the front or in the middle so you can look straight ahead and see, like get a better picture. So maybe people just aren't getting enough of a view of the world. So they need to, to sit to, in the like, front seat to play video games. Uh, they need to turn their FOV up. Yeah, I, that's that's one of those things I'm glad I don't have a problem with. I have yeah. a real big problem with motion sickness in cars where I can't I cannot look at my phone for like half a second or mm. I'll get motion sick. You've gotten or, motion sick in my car before. Yeah, or sitting, oh my God, that was the worst. Yeah, or <laughs> sit in the back seat or anything like that. Um, or I get really, really motion sick. So I, I'm glad it doesn't happen in games, but yeah. Yeah, so um, that was one of the big issues in, in Bioshock. So uh, I saw that they added stability. They added support for 21 by 9 monitors. There, I believe that's coming. Oh, that's coming. So, Cause, but the Bioshock, the original Bioshock on PC was one of those uh, um, games that was guilty of faking 16 by 9 support. Didn't they? Yeah, they put the uh, they put black bars like over. Right, they just took a 4-3 image and then cropped it down to make it seem 16 by 9 because at the time, that's when we were still making the transition from 4-3 displays to 16 by 9. That's crazy talk. Yeah, you right? actually lost screen resolution. Overwatch did it when they launched. Actually, Overwatch did it for 21 by 9 support. Oh, okay. I was uh, <laughs> you got uh, you got actually less real estate. That's crazy. Than you, than you would than you're actually supposed to. Yeah. So at least they're gonna they're gonna patch that in. And 2K has at least responded and said that they're going to um, they're gonna be patching. Hold on. They made a list of things they're gonna be patching. Um, mouse fixes like mouse smoothing, sensitivity, acceleration options, um, some more speaker mode options, 
improved FOV slider options, um, and support for 21 by 9 displays, and also stability. <laughs> stability, thank goodness. But it's just, like, it sucks, man. Like, I'm playing the game uh, on Xbox, and part of the reason I'm doing that is because the PC port sucks, and I'm tired of shitty PC ports. Can I ask Dude. you a question about this Bioshock collection? Yes. Uh, I have not played it yet. So, well, I'm thinking about Bioshock 1 specifically here. I have not played Bioshock 1 in nine years. I played it when it came out, loved it. Great game. What's different now? It plays the way I remember it, which is what HD remasters are for. Okay. Uh, if you ask me, so it's like a texture upresing. Yeah, more? there's is, there's better textures. Um, every there, you know, it's higher resolution. Everything looks really really nice. And when I play it, I'm having that experience that I had the first time I experienced it in 2007 2008. I I heard that one of the improvements they made was if you remember back when you played Bioshock, the animations like the ragdoll animations were at like two frames a second. How it would just be like bloop 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 and they would fall down. They've changed that, so it's not that was three bloops. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, but, yeah, but is that the case? Uh, I mean, it's it feels plenty smooth for me, but I'm also... It hasn't stood out as being it, bad. Yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't stood out. Um, that it's said, it's one of those kind of... It's also the kind of game where it's, like, it's dark. There's a lot of very um, atmospheric darkness sure, going sure. on. You've got lots of dark corners, and that helps to be a little bit forgiving. Because, I mean, I'm... Mostly what I'm doing is freaking out about whatever is jumping out at me at any mm -hmm. given time. I'm, I'm a total wizard that about that game is stuff. scary. I'm going to play through it with Grace because I don't want to play it alone, but I want to play it again. Yeah, Bioshock um, was, at the time, the scariest game I'd ever played. Mm -hmm. I was freaked out the whole time. Yep. Hmm. Um, so it looks nice. Uh, keeping in mind, again, that I am playing it on console, I have um, heard as well that the, the PC visual upgrades are not as impressive. So, like, once again, in spite of being more powerful, it's getting left out. Well, it's getting the shaft when it comes to ports. I mean, yeah. natively, just going to PC, you already were running out of higher resolution. So, uh, the up-res that you got going from 360 to Xbox One uh, made it look better between those two consoles just inherently, whereas the PC already had that resolution increase. It just needed the updated the rest of it, which they did add some environmental stuff. I think they added stuff like jellyfish and things like that and that fly in just uh you know more particles and and stuff that makes the environment more realistic looking but it's not that big of an update i do sometimes like to just stand at the window uh -huh. and watch the underwater world go by that's the, I, Fish um, AI. the game's real like yeah. it was really pretty back then and those those environments were super impressive it was a very much a game of like you just sit there and kind of admire all the stuff that they've crafted Especially that for when you first go down. In the oh way. yeah, it's, mm -hmm. um, it's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it's really cool. You must love the uh, the whale demo for the Vive. Oh my god, <laughs> the whale demo for the Vive yeah, is awesome. Whale encounter. Did you did you guys yeah. uh, played Bioshock Two at all when it came out? Yeah, I played. Yeah. So uh, I played two. Um, I didn't complete two I didn't because um, I did. And this is it's you know it's something that I openly admit is subjective. Some people like it, some people don't. I hated the story of two. Yeah, I was not a fan, like to the point where I never played Minerva's Den even. Right, and, which, and everyone says Minerva's um, Den is the best Bioshock ever. Or like yeah, the best thing about Bioshock really? ever. They the said, a lot of people say it's the last, best DLC ever. Did does the collection come with Minerva's Den? I believe yes. so. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Maybe so the, the collection comes with Bioshock, Bioshock Two, Minerva's Den from Bioshock Two, and it also comes with Bioshock Infinite. But um, Infinite doesn't have a. Uh, graphical uh, like graphical upgrade because they're like ah oh, it's already so good so what we have um, on the screen here is the original um, like the original version of the game versus the new 
version of the game, so it's a little bit more clear. It's higher resolution. It looks nice. It's an improvement for sure, like a lot of the stuff that would annoy you about a game being dated. Um, better, better lighting. There's more. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like seaweed and there's some fish. Yeah, it's more there. like more detail. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of kelp. Look That's what they added. I mean, look, everyone needs kelp in order they, to. They have polygons to spare, right? And they're like, where are we going to put yeah. them? I don't know. Kelp. All right, <laughs> yeah. let's do it. Do it. Is that something you would uh, recommend people check out? The or? game. Oh, look. If you, first of all, if you haven't played Bioshock, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. If you have played Bioshock, yeah. I, I mean, I've, I'm, I've always been yeah, a really big fan it. of that franchise. But um, the nice thing about the PC versions, even though uh, all of the, the stability and the bugs and the port itself being bullshit sucks, um, if you had the original versions on Steam, you got the collection versions for free. Oh, that's good. So they just like... And I think they were on some of the recent sales, so smart gamers were picking them up super cheap uh, and then getting basically the free HD version. Interesting. That I, I doesn't have... work. What? It doesn't work yet. Well, that's but what the, we, the whole thing started. It was talking about how it's, it's a bad PC port. That it's yeah. a bad PC oh, yeah. port. Oh, okay, sorry. I'm just... I th- it's a circle of life. I, think yeah. I'm I, thought getting... he, I thought you said purchasing it doesn't, doesn't work. It was confusing. Oh. No, you can still buy it. You just can't play it. Gotcha. Apparently. Yep. Uh, I got something I want to read here. Uh, I want to remind everyone, this episode of The Patch is brought to you by MeUndies. Whether you're wearing a suit or sweats, you spend almost 24 hours a day in your underwear. If you're me, you spend 24 hours a day in your underwear. Uh, but instead of making a Never statement knew. like Superman's tights under his everyday clothes, your underwear is probably boring, and MeUndies is here to change that. Every pair of MeUndies is made from sustainably sourced modal, a fabric that's twice as soft as cotton. Nothing can describe the fit and feel of MeUndies, but once you try them on, you'll understand why they're called the world's most comfortable underwear. If you don't love your first pair of MeUndies, they are free, no questions asked. MeUndies has dozens of styles and limited edition prints to help you make a statement with your underwear, whether anyone can see them or not, just like Superman. Uh, shipping is free in the US and Canada, and you can save up to $8 a pair with the MeUndies subscription plan. Get the subscription or a single pair, get 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies.com slash the patch. That's MeUndies.com slash the patch for 20% off your first order, MeUndies.com slash the patch. I need to sign up for a subscription. I always buy them independently, month to month. I'm stupid. I could be saving money. I like I'm going to do it right after this. One you know of my many? favorite things is like walking through the office and then just someone will walk up to me and hand me a pair of underwear. And I'm like, <laughs> thank you. And it's not weird at all because I just got free underwear <laughs> This in is the normal. Do you know, so um, I saw on, on Twitter here, you can tweet us if you want using a hashtag the patch. Who is this? Scarambo uh, just sent us a tweet saying that Blizzard made an announcement that they're going to be transitioning away from the Battle.net name. Which is... Um, what? Yeah, there is... Now it's just going to be called something uh, like... Yeah. Uh, like Blizzard Technical Blizzard, Services yeah. or something like that. So, so they said they've already started doing that with Blizzard Streaming and Blizzard Voice, and just, more changes are on the way. I, I get it. I can see why they're dropping it, because it's an extra brand that doesn't in itself really do anything. Well, back in the day, you know, it was necessary, right? Like, right. way back in the day when Bungie also had, like, Bungie.net, like, you had to have a web portal for, like, yep. ladders and for all your matchmaking stuff, because... The technology really wasn't is there. Is it not still the back end for all their downloadable content? But it, you, you don't have to go is. to battle.net. You can go to like Blizzard, you know? Why would they have the separate brand that they don't necessarily need? Like they could just fold it all into the Blizzard brand. And if anything, it amplifies Blizzard as a whole because they don't have to maintain it, a brand that doesn't it would be in like, itself have any products. If it was like, you can come to roosterteeth.com for all our community stuff, but if you want to watch our videos, go to roosterteeth.net or something when strange you mean, like, like Let's that. Play? When you, but it's a different brand. When you go to, when you go to like your, your WoW account, do you go to battle.net? No, I go to worldofwarcraft.com. Oh, dude, I totally go to my Battle.net account still. I every, remember every the time. last time I typed in Battle.net. Yeah. But at the same time, like you could, like, every time you've said Battle.net account, you could just be saying Blizzard account, and then that's more Blizzard 
branding that yeah. it unifies them. I do. I get it. So I, I, I totally get it. I'm, I'm I don't mind it, that at all. Yeah, that's cool. It's 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 strange to see such uh, a storied name being retired. I feel like Battle.net's been around forever. I think I probably started using it. God, like ninety six. First, Maybe. first Chris Metzen retires when now. Battle.net retires. I mean, I yeah. remember it. I think most around Starcraft. I, I wonder when I created my first Battle.net account. Like, I'm sure it was on an email address that I don't even remember at this point. But well, it was so. high school. Was, well, so I want to say StarCraft. StarCraft, two? yeah. StarCraft mm. Brood War. Um, mm. So they, uh, yeah, you, you mentioned that Chris Metzen retired. Mm -hmm. We didn't talk about that last week. Do you see that um, uh, statue they're going to make for him? Yeah. Yeah, the great. statue looks great. That's like... That's super heartwarming to to think about, like a company caring about someone so much and having him be such like an intrinsic or not intrinsic. Uh, I don't know the word. Like an integral part. Integral. To that's the, the one. Yeah, the early early growth yeah. of the company. It's yeah, pretty, it's, pretty it's, it's, it looks like it's inspired. I've seen comparisons. I guess there's a very similar statue of Walt Disney where he's holding like Mickey Mouse's hand. Wow. Yeah. And it's like, man, to be compared and like put on that level of like world building and and uh, influence is amazing. What, is the, what does the statue look like? I just heard about Here, it. I'll, it's a I'll picture of him holding you. like is baby it? Winston's hand okay. from Overwatch, and he's pointing there. Like it is. A murloc pointing off go, into the distance. Oh, that's isn't really it cute? Great. <laughs> it's really adorable. Oh. That's super great. He's 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 commemorated for all time wearing cargo shorts with and, a chain. Uh, from what I understand, like a big hardcore chain. If I recall properly, he's um, he's like retiring. He's not moving on to another company. He said he just wants to take time. Do you know who he's married family. to? I do know who he's married to. Uh, our old friend uh, Kat, Kat mm -hmm. from Fragdolls. So she was oh. in Fragdolls with me, and uh, um, they've, I mean, I they've been you married for. I met you and Kat at the same time. Was, was this it, pork fries? No, no, tacos? We, we met at uh, Pax 04 at the Red Robin. Right, right like you're down the, the, reason, the Maiden Bower. You're the reason I thought I knew Bernie. Right, I was there yeah. with uh, with Brian. Like I passed him uh, going uh, up and down the escalator. He's like, "Come on, we're gonna have uh, gonna go get drinks with the Frag Dolls." Like I don't know who that is, but I like drinks. So <laughs> we ended up hey. hanging out at that fucking Red Robin by the Maiden Bower. Red hey, Robin. Hey, Yum. that was it was delicious. But yeah. Uh, yeah, good for him. I know he's he's retiring, focusing on his family. Um, you know, she's. Either she's very pregnant or has just like had a baby. Um, like they seem super, super happy with his kids from I believe like a former marriage. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. I just I love seeing them so super happy. Absolutely. And it just makes me go Tee! even though I know we're like we're losing an industry legend. I'm just like, but they're happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he worked at Blizzard for 23 years. So long. That's like as, like in industry terms, that's like a hundred years mm. because it's not like the industry's been around all that long. Yeah. He's a almost as old as I am. <laughs> Imagine your whole life working in one place. <laughs> if it was Blizzard, that'd be pretty awesome. Like, I feel like I've worked here a long time, and I'm coming up on 14 years. Like, it's like Holy all shit. of this and another nine. Yeah. That's what, a, what's, um, what was Chris Metzen's first game that he worked on? I think it was... Um, Lost Vikings? It might have been Lost Vikings. Or uh, it was one of those other games that you forget about. Uh, Metzen. The, the only older game I remember is Lost Vikings. I, I keep it. typing Christ Metzen. I don't, I don't know if it's like <laughs> some kind of like subliminal thing. Christ Metzen? Uh, um, he began, let's see, then Chaos Studios. Uh, looks like Diablo. First work was with the game Justice League Task Force, oh. in which he provided artwork and character animation. Cool, man. But around the same time, he also contributed to Warcraft, Orcs, and Humans. Well, his Wikipedia is out of date then. It's a pretty, it's a pretty crazy history of the company. That was in his Wikipedia. Is it? I'm, I'm looking at his like. I'm looking at his career roles. Oh, we're looking at different places. Wow, his Wikipedia doesn't even agree with itself. 
Well, inconsistent. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I, but uh, I, I went for the bullet pointless. You went for the actual reading. <laughs> I look. I, I scan quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good for him. And I appreciate what he did so much because I've I've enjoyed so many of those games. It's awesome. Um, sad to lose a legend, but in a good There's way. There's been uh, some exodus at uh, Blizzard recently. Didn't they have uh, another long-term executive mm-hmm. who left to go uh, start another company? Yep. God, who was it? I'm trying to look it up. Dude, that, that new company has like a bunch of millions of dollars in funding now, too. Hmm. I can't remember the name of it. I, I feel, um, are you thinking of Rob Pardo? Yes, Rob Pardo. That was, was exactly 2000, so of. yeah, that was uh, 2014, I think. Oh, um, didn't someone leave this year, though? Uh, let's see. Rob Pardo is who I was thinking of. Yeah, okay. he was there for 17 years. He was a former creative director. And uh, Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, but it's been, these are all people who have been there for like a really long time. Right. So, and it's, it's not uncommon. They say a change is as good as a holiday. What? I don't know. I think that's what they say when people are like, like bored or burnt out or anything. They're like, just do something else. It's as good as going on vacation. By the way, that's not Pro- true. Probably vacation not true. Vacation is the best. Yeah. is pretty awesome. Um, but uh, there was, hold on, there's another tweet I saw um, that Carlos, um, just since we were taking stuff from, from Twitter, um, at Sharp Edge. Five six seven. Carlos Castanella says that um, for the Bioshock collection, they also added a new collectible. Um, it's Golden Reels, which unlock interviews okay. with um, with Ken Levine. Although Ken Levine said very clearly he's not involved with the collection in any way. Oh, that must be weird. Just them like pulling old archives of footage and is this like the time where like, uh, you know like making <coughs> those behind the scenes like sure. the, like the documentary kind of content? But I can w- see it. Is that stuff like not re- released previously and they just been holding on to it? I don't know it might no. be, but they're you know it's like collectibles. It doesn't have to be exclusive. It's just something else to go and find in the game, totally. like the like the tape recordings. I love the tape recordings. They're awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. The last thing that game needed though was a, another collectible to be hidden in dark corners. Yeah, it's, you already spent half the game just rooting through every drawer, oh, I, hoping a, to find all the portables. For collectibles, dude. I spent a, a lot of time running with, like, around. Lists that are like you're eighty percent complete. Like you have eight out of a hundred. I want to get all of them. The thing I don't like about that, as a general rule with collectibles, is as soon as you introduce something like that, and I feel the need to get it, I am no longer enjoying playing the game as a story. Now I'm just looking for shit in corners. That um, I like. I, I'm I guess not it sort advancing of the plot. I'm like, I'm just. Go- oh, hang on. Let me just. Flip over this thing and, and mess with that. It, for it depends a on the style of game. If it's like an open game where you can go mm-hmm. back to those places and find them later, I'll play through the story first and then go back and find all those things. I do feel like all collect like if you collect all of one thing, it should always come with a reward. Like yeah. you should never be collecting for the sake of having things. Yeah, that's uh, I'm I'm on board with that. And like you, if it's a collecting a weapon part where I can craft something, right. collecting something that I can turn into a useful thing, great. But if it's just Here's an extra thing, and it's tied to an achievement, so right. then I feel uh, like some kind of back-end yeah. requirement. It's, you should also, at any time, be able to go back to an area and get a collectible if you missed it. Yep. No more of this Fallout 3 bullshit where you can blow up Megaton and lose oh, a bobblehead yeah, yeah. in it. And you're that's, like, that's pretty crazy. That should just be in the rubble. Like, easy solution. It's in the rubble. Yeah. Like, whatever. It's sitting on top of the pile. <laughs> yeah, it just it flew up and then it <laughs> fell back down. I feel like ReCore actually handled that pretty well, in that for each dungeon, you can look, look at it on the map, and it'll tell you... Um, like how many of each types of things there are, like how many chests are there, how many health upgrades are there, uh, and it will tell you how many you already have we, from uh, from any dungeon. Then you can go back in the dungeon if you want to. Years ago, um, this is a long time ago in Rooster history, we were doing uh, a television commercial for an old Call of Duty game, and in that game there were collectibles and uh, you know laptops. 
Uh, uh, this is like, I, I don't want to say specifically which which one, but okay. anyway, we we had early access to this game like weeks before it came out. So we we're making this commercial, and we were like, "Oh shit! Like we can play the single player, and we can find all the collectibles." So we went through, and we found you know a whole bunch of them. Then, when the final game came out, the collectibles were not in the same place. They had shuffled them all around, and they were all in totally different areas. That's so uh, weird. It's like a different build, and uh, everything was just rearranged. Like wow, that was. That was crazy. It's like not one of those things you think is in like the crunch of a video game. It's like we gotta relocate all these collectibles. People are gonna find these dead crows or whatever it is. Yeah, it was it was it was nuts to think that that's one of the things that they went back yeah. and revisited before you know finally uh, shipping the game. Speaking of collectibles, that and rewards for collectibles, Destiny: Rise of Iron. I don't know. Have you guys played the Taken King at all? Yeah, I played the Taken King. Oh, you know, you have. I have not. I have not. So I, I fell off Destiny very, very quickly. I did too. But then I came back and I played the Taken King for a couple of weeks. And the, the one thing the Taken King did, King did really well was sort of refine a lot of the like there are there were things to collect like these little clusters that eventually lead to a, like a super awesome gun. Um, they they brought in like these uh, moments of triumph where you would have these like overarching goals to do and you get rewards for that. Um, and and the Taken King or not the Taken King, the Rise of Iron came out and it sort of doubled down on all that. Um, Rise of Iron is a very good expansion. It might be a little bit smaller in scope, but it's it's a lot of fun. People so have been about super like? excited about Rise of Iron. I've seen a lot of like super positive chatter about it. People seem to be really into it. It added a storyline, so well, like, a, a short campaign. It's a arc, short campaign. It's, it's a strike, I think it's, I think a raid, it's like three or four hours, about five mm -hmm. missions. But the missions are really good. The new enemies are um, so there's some dormant uh, technology plague thing called Siva, and it essentially. Like the fallen find it, and now you're trying like to a prescription medication. It does. It does. It, it's a really weird name for something for Siva. Siva. Hmm. Um, it's it's for something. But in Spanish, Siva is AIDS. So you can see, like that's, <laughs> that's all those things are fallen, infected by Siva, mm -hmm. and that's the enemy now. Like it, it is basically. A, it's not like a. It's not like a different. It, it's. It's like an enhanced fallen, basically. That looks fucking badass. The guy yes. that was on fire. Yeah, the fire so, armor. So those armors. So those are part of the the moments of triumph, and the moments of triumph are like an entire year's worth of goals. And this is one of the things they did really well. Was like, if you if you level up your moments of triumph, you'll get a reward. So like so far, I've gotten the legs and that's the cool too. I've gotten the legs and the arm from the moments of triumph. Um, it. I don't think. It is uh, It's like a really good carrot on the stick. So after you're done the five missions, um, you'll be oh yeah, I remember that guy. You'll be let out to uh, to like four or five different other missions that like will tell you to go do an exotic quest, go do a strike, go do patrols, go do whatever. So like yesterday, I got done like in around three or four hours, and I but I spent the entire rest of the day just like knocking out a bunch of the stuff it had it had listed for you to do. And I was like collecting collectibles, and I'm gonna go home tonight. I'm gonna finish collecting collectibles. I'm gonna do my exotic quest like. It's a lot of the stuff I really like. It has a lot of good structure and rewards to that structure, even though there isn't like a, a ton, a ton of content. But there is a really cool new <coughs> zone, and uh, the new strikes a lot of fun. I obviously haven't done the raid yet or anything like that, but I don't know, man. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Hmm. But it, again, it is you should all temper your expectations a little bit because it's like the quality of Taken King, but probably a little bit less content. Like in Taken King, there was four strikes, and this there's one, um, which obviously is a lot less. But there's still a new zone, and the which is the same amount of zones that the King had. Um, Remind me though, wasn't it thirty bucks? It's thirty bucks instead of forty. So I mean, that's still up there though for the reduction in content. If if you're gonna tell me that I can like this, this I can see myself playing uh -huh. for 
two or three weeks, and it's it's going to be a solid two or three weeks because there's a lot of stuff to like collect and 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 in in a sense grind out and yeah. you know like I do want to collect all the cool weapons. I want to like max out my characters and things like that. So if you're telling me thirty bucks and I'll get two or three weeks out of a game, like that's pretty damn good. Like I fucking played that game for fourteen hours yesterday. And for thirty bucks, I'm already getting a pretty decent value. You took off work to play it. Yeah, dude. I, like, <laughs> if there's a good game coming out, I'm gonna take off work to play it. Absolutely. All right. Well, okay. So that game is all, at least in its more recent iterations, has always been about the collector crack of trying to get the good guns. What that's, is the good guns that you're trying to get now? So th- that's the other thing they've actually taken. Th- this only has four new exotics. And you're you're really not selling this well. Dude, like, I'm just trying to temper your expectations. Ryan, that's I actually $8 don't, for I actually exotic. Apparently. It's, it's $4, um, or four, $4. It's four exotics, but mm-hmm. there are there may be ones that aren't, uh, that haven't been mined yet or are hidden uh-huh. that people don't know about. They um, did kind of dole out some other ones previously, like Black Spindle was there, yeah, but it wasn't I, really available right. until later in. I see five here. What's and I'm looking at a Kotaku article. So there's that got the, posted. Go there's ahead the and sidearm. post it. There's, there's a sidearm. A, the palindrome, which is a hand cannon. Is, is Those it, are legendaries. A, Those are that Kotako article is talking about legendary items that you can buy. Okay. So there is. Oh, you're yeah. talking about exotics? Yeah. There is. Yeah. A, there's oh, 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 there's bad. a whole like. Pl- okay. There's four exotic weapons and a couple new exotic armor pieces for each class. Um, they've also added these things called art. They're already in the game. Uh, class artifacts, but in this version, in this game, or in this expansion, they have. Uh, they alter your spe- they alter certain abilities. Hmm. So, for example, um, I unlocked one that reduces my sp- or eliminates my sprint cooldown. So, like, I have no cooldown on sprint. I could just go. Um, I can't remember what the other ones are, but there are a few of those for each class that can sort of change the way an ability works. Question about that: Is it does that mean you can sprint forever, or that? Wait, I can't. I'm trying to remember. You previously you could sprint forever, but if you stopped, you had a. a that's the okay. That's that's the cooldown they're talking. So about. it looks like there's a year three Yalahorn. The I have no idea how to say it. The <laughs> Kavostov. Oh yeah, that's yep, that's something. Um, Year three Thorn, which I'm super excited about because I, I Ooh, love Thorn. Thorn the young fact. wolf howl exotic sword. That, and, okay, yep. and then Nemesis star exotic machine gun. Which I think the sword you get is a. So, r- there's there's at least yeah, one. Yeah, everyone should have that. It's a page of the main, one, main story quest. Line. Okay, so there's there's actually six total, but two of them are previous exotics: the Galahorn and Thorn. The fourth one you're missing is a, uh, I think, I don't know what it's called, but it's like the Siva rifle. Um, it's, it's what you get for collecting all the little cr- clusters and following that quest line. So, again, not as many weapons as there was before, but you can also go back and get all the old ones if you miss the Taken King. Like, I miss most of the Taken King, so I'll be able to go back and get whatever, like the Black Spindle or whatever. I wonder if they're going to bring back elemental primaries from this new raid. Because that was a real big takeaway. Well, in Taken King, they had one. They had the, they the had Halo Supercell. And that was it, right? That was literally, it was I now that is a you. very unique weapon because, except for the year one stuff, I don't think there were any other primaries. And that one is an exotic primary that had elemental damage associated with them, which were huge helps when you're doing uh, Nightfalls. Because uh, whichever burn happened to be active, you could rotate through the different weapons. Right, right, so it would right. be a giant advantage. Yeah, I don't, I don't have an answer for you because I no. haven't. I haven't done any what do you of think? the, the raids Speculate or anything like for that. Me. This is that's what we can do here. We can pretend. Let's live in a <laughs> pretend future. I know that like you can take the say hello supercell and infuse it and bring it up to whatever the light level you want it to be. And it's a decent gun. It was an auto rifle with uh, lightning I, or arc damage. I love the way it looks. Mm-hmm. They have also added it's something. AK forty seven. Right. They've also added well, it's a lightning AK forty seven. Yeah, even better. Um, they added uh, something called ornaments, and the ornaments are basically a reskin for your gun. 
or your weapon. It's all it's all generally for exotic weapons, as far as I've seen. Um, but they did at like you can buy from the silver vendor. You can buy these little boxes that have a random piece of loot, and now those the, those boxes now always contain an ornament. So like you're sort of more incentivized to spend real money on that stuff, which is fine, I guess. You can, as you can, long as it's cosmetic, you, right? Yeah, you also get those from. You're guaranteed to get one of those once a week from uh, the exotic or the heroic strike pro- playlist. So, hmm. um, so uh, Z Gillette on Twitter says that uh, Yahtzee Croshaw has the best theory on collectibles. That the best reward for collection is new gameplay, which hmm. I can see, like unlocking something or unlocking a new, um, like a new weapon, for example, That's, or a new area or a new. Um, kind of ability that you can then ac- use to access like more game. I actually really like That's that like, idea. Uh, like almost like the Metroidvania style of game. Like I think about Shadow Complex, which we replayed. It's like you find an item, and now you can get access to more of the I, of the map. Like yeah. more energy. I don't feel or... like I need to necessarily have more like more level or more area to explore. But if they give me a new weapon or a new piece of armor, like something to to show that I've gotten. That those amount of collectibles or something like that—that's always satisfactory. Well, in, uh, in Bayonetta, they did it pretty good, where like almost every collectible or every like if you beat all the games in the hardest difficulty, like you get something for all of those things. Um, that game's fucking awesome, by the way. You could argue though with the say the recordings in Bioshock that that is in a form of gameplay because it's there's the the worst part about those that, is they are really interesting. Like you want to hear those. I, don't I will I will hunt those down I just, anywhere. I, I just I mean, don't want to spend. I like I've got X amount of hours in my day to play a game, and I don't want to spend 30% of it just rooting around in the corners. No, Although, I'm, to be, I mean, I, I guess I had it easy. Um, well, for one, I was playing the game on easy, um, but I was doing that because I was, uh, like, I was streaming and, you know, splitting the concentration. It gets tough, but mm-hmm. um, it also people in the chat would be like, in here, there's a thing, and I'd be like, you're the real hero, <laughs> and so, for me, it didn't... You're, like, crowdsourcing your collectible finding. Oh, it was great. It no, didn't feel like cheating. Idea. I wasn't looking up a guide. It's not cheating. I was just looking... I was just talking to chat, and they were doing me a solid, helping me out, uh, so it didn't feel, at any point, really, um... Like, I didn't feel like I was grinding or doing the work or just going through drawers one at a time, like... Oh, this I, is I, the worst. I like. I was just going from basically one fun part to another. For the collectibles, for the for the tape recorders in Bioshock specifically, I always treated those as like I wasn't going to go back and find every single one of them, but it was like a cool added bonus when I did find one. Like, oh, awesome! I found this thing. Now I can learn a little, a little more story. Yeah. Whereas like collectibles that reward something, like I'm incentivized to go back. Not just I wouldn't just do it for an achievement. Like Condemned has like 42 dead birds that you got to find, but this doesn't give you anything when you find them all. You just have forty-two dead birds. What do you or think? you just do you get? Did you get an achievement? Anything? You get an achievement, but it's like. What do you think about like the way Fallout does it, where each bobblehead gives you something different? So you're like searching for collectibles, but you don't get anything on the aggregate. You get one for each individual item. I can't remember what they, what they do. Like they might give you an extra point yeah. in your special or oh, yeah. like that's, made that's the great. skill. To, that's yeah, that's right. that's almost even better. Like if you can, it, like the only thing better than that would be like. Once you get all of them, you get something super cool. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that you're getting rewarded for each each and every one is fantastic. So if you had the opportunity to go back and play Bioshock on like an imperfect PC port or play it on a console and it works, what do you do? Well, I mean, I guess technically I'm playing my PS4 right now. So console I pleb. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't hate to play it on my PS4, but like realistically, I would love to. I would love to have it on PC, but is- I want it to work. Like, I'm, they're they're, they're going to patch it, but... At this point, I play anything I can on PC. 
just because I like sitting at my desk. I like the way things look. I like the smoother frame rates. I like being able to adjust my FOV even if it's in an INI file. Um, That's how you learn. Yeah. So even um, like as a PC player, do you just? I feel like I'm at the point where any PC game that comes out, like it's out, and then in a month I'll consider playing it on PC because so many of them are so bad. I mean, there's, I, and I, I know uh, there are ones that come out, and there are some developers that do a wonderful, wonderful job. Talking about CG Project Red, uh, but there's so many bad ones lately. There was, let's see, just recently, what was the one that was recently? Oh, the there was um, thing on the fighting bikini babe game. I think the, the, what? The, I think the, the bikinis posted, are hilarious. Miles posted something about like a fighting bikini babe game on uh, on um, Steam recently. It's, I think it's like on. One of the top lists. <laughs> it's really okay. funny. It, it looks it looks amazing, but uh, I mean, you know, amazingly bad. I'm sh- I get the feeling that we'll be seeing a lot of it on Funhouse. Um, but uh, no, there was Marvel Ultimate Alliance that came out recently. There was a garbage PC port. There was. Let me see. I actually wrote down a list of some of the complaints about some of the recent PC ports, where it's like it makes no sense. Um, so for Marvel Ultimate Alliance, which came out earlier this year, uh, you couldn't change your key bindings. Uh, on if you're using keyboard and mouse, um, but it also only said that it was partial controller support, so it wouldn't recognize. Like sometimes people would have issues with s- very standard PC controllers, like the Xbox 360 controller, Xbox One controller that they've got full driver support through Windows. You plug them in, they're just supposed to work. Yeah, some of the keys like it didn't know the difference between like A and X, and you couldn't go in and change any of that stuff. So that was old, like super super it's bullshit. And then there was like, like poorly mixed sound, uh, input lag. Um, if you attempted to use a keyboard, which they didn't want you to do anyway, they wanted you to use the partial shitty controller support. It was just the whole thing was well, a mess. Let me say, if you don't want someone to use a control input type, you make it bad, right? So it's smart design. But it makes like you weren't supposed to use a, a keyboard or a controller. Then what are you supposed to do? Figure it out. It's supposed we to learn, according to the Ryan Haywood School of Gaming. I mean, I feel like with PC gaming... What are you coming after me for? All I said was you edit the INI file. <laughs> you said that's how people learn. It is how you learn to do shit. Um, I feel Just like code your own API. There you go. Fixed it. Done. No problem. <laughs> with, with, with PC gaming, I feel, in general, that like the only games I'm getting on day one are the big AAA games, like The Witcher 3 or Deus Ex or something like that. Well, even then, sometimes you're screwed. I mean, think about Arkham Knight last yeah. year, which I mean, was just... Sometimes you're screwed in the console, too. forever. Like, sometimes console games aren't good either. Yeah. It's just a matter of... It, it does like, feel like I, there's I don't, more... I don't pre-order games a lot. I guess that's the moral, right? Like, I mean, why, why do you need to? Like, you don't have to. And also, Steam refunds make it like, so if you do buy a game and you're screwed, it's like you have two hours to return it. Yeah, Perfect. but you have two hours to, to know that the game is bad. And you know pretty fast. I mean, if, if it's you, like, if it's like a, techni- if it's a technical, if it's technical thing, issue, yeah, yeah sure. True. But, I mean, with console games, if you buy a physical disc or anything, you're fucked. So, don't pre-order on console at all. Do don't pre-order anywhere. The, basically, the, the approval pro- process or the cert process for consoles are what keeps the games better performing on that? No, that... Well, doesn't I, necessarily explain all games that slip through. Well, but. isn't there also like a cert process for even being listed on Steam? Mm, I guess, but there's sort of, a lot of really. stuff I think, on Steam. I think no. they basically make sure it'll launch because they're, yeah. they're I, I know what Gus is talking about. There is something where, um, like, Steam tests something to make sure that it will at least work. But that I don't know. Is that early access? Maybe? I'm trying to. I'm trying Dude, to see. Um, but th- there is something, but it really isn't anything. So specifically, like with, with with VR stuff right now, they're they're pushing it so hard that there is a way to bypass the green light process altogether, so your game just gets on Steam. Um, 
I don't know exactly what that what how like what that process is to bypass it, but it is literally like if you see posts on on the Vibe subreddit, they're like, "Oh, dude, you don't have to go into green light. Just follow this instructions, and you'll be on Steam." And the next day, they're on Steam. Like, there's just no barrier well, to entry. Never there. mind then. Yeah, there's fucking no barrier to entry. Um, quick backup for you, uh, Adam is um M R G Linsky on Twitter says the Birds and Condemned actually did unlock a bunch of world information and concept art, it, but it was all hidden in the menus. Okay. There you go. Well, so there. Just no, quick no, backup. Concept art. Yeah. I guess, I guess if that stuff all collected in like a book for me and it's on like a coffee table, I'll read it. But I don't generally go into my menus just to look at. You don't launch a game to look at that. No. No. You launch a game I, to play that's, a game. I, the tape recorders are. Some way games better. have like 3D like model building viewers. And stuff, something and, yeah. that's, that's I like stuff that's um, relevant to what I'm doing. Re- relevant like, in I'm the world, something. not about how the world came right. to be. Right. 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 I that, will say there was me. one good thing that uh, Mirror's Edge Catalyst did. Which was they had some collectibles, uh, some of the hidden collectibles that didn't show up on the map that would make a noise just when you got close. Mm. Just like a little faint chirp. And I kind of like that because I still had to figure out where it was and how to get to it. But I at least knew that I was in the range of one. That's good. And you have to be paying attention. Like there's still a a barrier of, of skill and persistence to getting the collectible. But at least it was... Hey, you know, this you should pay attention for a I, second. I prefer when a game has an in-game method to find its collectibles. Right. Because like at, a map that shows everything. Right. At a certain point like there's no there's no good reason for a player to have to look online at, at a YouTube yeah. video and see just how to get somewhere to find X collectible. Like you don't want someone leaving your game. Right. There well, should you be say a, that, but I mean, look at the, the I mean, there's I'm, an industry around easter eggs in Call of Duty. Dude, I, I get it. I don't agree. I, I'm not saying it's good design, though. Like, I, I have to do it yeah. with Destiny, like, to find all the clusters. Like, I'm not going to be able to find every single one on my own. And eventually, I'm going to have to go online and watch a video and see just how to get somewhere. The one thing Destiny still doesn't fucking have is a goddamn map in the fucking game or, or like true. a mini map. It's insane, dude. That's because then you'd realize the geography doesn't make any sense. Right. But have, have the clusters been added to? Do you remember that Ghost Hunter uh, website? There is a there is a there is a website called mm-hmm. Siva like Find My Siva or something like that, which sounds dirty. Um, <laughs> Hide the Siva. It, it tells you exactly which ones you found and which ones you haven't, so you can reference the guide there that has video guides mm-hmm. to how to find mm-hmm. each one of them. Um, but that's still annoying to have to watch like a, a minute and a half video to see not just where it is in the level, but how to get there because you can't fucking figure it out because there's no goddamn map. Yep, I um, I have been guilty of making those kinds of videos before. I made like uh, dude, uncharted collectible I, videos for the I love Hunter those way videos, back in the day, like because they help you do something the game doesn't. Right, but I mean, I'm just saying like you shouldn't have to do that. Yes. All right. Want to uh, remind everyone this episode of the patch is also brought to you by Movement Watches. Uh, you know, I'm on the lookout for some hot new gear. Uh, well, Movement Watches is hooking me up, taking care of all my new style needs. Movement has new bands and new watches to totally get you ready. Starting at just 95 bucks, that style that won't leave your wallet hanging. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you have to check out their awesome content on Instagram. With their classy design meets styled minimalism, Movement Watches are perfect for suiting up or going casual. Movement watches have tons of interchangeable band and color schemes that match your summer look perfectly. These watches look like they should be four to five hundred bucks, but movement keeps them at a perfect price point, starting at just ninety-five bucks. If you're just as impressed with them as I am with this watch right here, uh, then join the movement today. So where are you taking your movement watch this summer? Go to mvmtwatches.com/patch. They'll give you fifteen percent off your entire purchase. That's mvmtwatches.com/patch. You can buy a watch just like me. 
Thank you, Movement Watches, for sponsoring this episode of The Patch. Go there to the URL, get 15% off your purchase, and never be late to an appointment again, because you'll have a stylish watch you can wear all the time. And really, we should all strive to be more like Gus. Be more like Gus. That's, uh, that's goals. So, Ryan, you were saying, um, you were asking if you felt like it was a cert process that meant that games are more stable on console. I think that that's only half of it. I think also... It's so PC is kind of a double-edged sword, and you can get way more powerful hardware, and you, it's just stronger in really every way. But it's not standardized. That's the one thing that consoles have going for them, which is why they're able to get more out of the hardware than yeah, it seems like it ought to be able to do. You, you, you would, you would think that though. DirectX kind of standardizes those APIs and all of that. It really call. is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, and the honestly, CPU technology hasn't moved that much in pretty good while. I mean, but there's, there's some also back end, right. Correct me if I'm wrong here, no, but dude, like we're sort of we're sort of at a yeah, like, it's kind of plateaued. Point, yeah. So there's the a really lot going you're on talking with, about. There's a lot going on with PC that you don't deal with with consoles though. Like um, when Batman Telltale came out um, earlier this year and was an absolute wreck on PC, Telltale blamed drivers. They were like, update your drivers. It's all your drivers' fault. It's not our game's fault. It's drivers. And that's not a thing that console gamers ever have to even think about. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's part of being a PC uh, gamer, that you have to be savvy with a certain range of things about keeping your machine up to date. Like updating your drivers said, and then re-enabling SLI because it gets fucking disabled every time you update your goddamn drivers. You have like, to disable for example, it sometimes for games that don't support it. Or it'll I don't want to play games that don't support it. All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's bullshit. I've got two video cards for a reason. It's not so one can sit there idle. But oh, you that being said, guys. updates are yeah. not like rocket science. Uh, if you have an NVIDIA card, GeForce experience, typically is running and it pops up a little notification well, saying update your driver i mean you to, just to, do it to some extent like the consoles are made partially for people that just want an experience that they put a disc in or download a game and play it they don't want to have to deal with any of that bullshit and that's totally acceptable yeah um but yeah i don't know the the the, the console thing or the, the steam thing like i do also have to for pc gaming in general if i'm it's not a triple a game that's that's been widely advertised i am always like trying to find people that cultivate like good game information so that I can like find games that I want to play. And that's why I generally don't get games day one because like indie games don't really advertise a whole lot mm -hmm. unless you watch like some preview on some website, but you don't really see those too often. So I'm always like, I look at Reddit or for, to see what got released and what people think about it and that sort of thing. But like finding games on PC can sometimes be a pain in the ass, especially mm -hmm. like just like I'm trying to look at the, the top games on Twitch and it's always League of Legends and Dota. Mm -hmm. It's not like a top indie game or something. Yeah, like that. I mean, there, there's a lot of esports going on on yeah. Twitch, though. Um, but uh, the other thing that I kind of wonder about PC is I know that at this point, I feel like a lot of developers just don't put in the work on PC ports. Yeah, well, no, it, it feels like lazy porting. Like they could do it. There are, there are plenty of games out there that show you can make a game and it works on PC. It is possible, and they just don't put the effort in. As and I wonder who, if they're if they're blaming if they're like blaming piracy somehow. As someone like who used to do QA work and not in the video game industry, but QA work in general is all fairly similar. I mean, this is it's not hard to write test cases for every one of the, for a, a good margin of hardware. So their inability to produce a working game. I mean, you got to think about when they start testing these things. They're testing it on a driver set that is not the current driver set at release. So they should already have a pretty good range of driver tests. Because uh, it is sometimes hard to roll back drivers if that's what you're trying to test. But the the hardware that's out there in the field, you just take, you know, one of each of generations of uh, of GPU hardware and a small range of 
CPUs, I, I you're think, there. I mean, it's not that hard to test it. I so think, why I think are that we PC should, gamers getting screwed? I think that we should be a little more conservative in that because we don't know like all everything that goes into it. We don't know like the budgeting process. We don't know how much time these devs have had to make it. Like, you know, there's a there's a lot of factors that like we can we can like talk all we want about like how easy it would be to make all these test cases for certain machines, but like we really don't know every single problem. We do true. know what happens when they release a shitty port. Absolutely, I'm not saying that, that that they're not shitty. I'm saying like we don't know what what like what caused them to be shitty. If it's like people on the higher up saying like no, you have one QA tester, you don't need an FOV slider, don't put the budget towards that. Like we don't actually know. I mean, we're not. It's not like a question of hey, you guys are awful people because totally, this you release totally. this, but it was. It's obviously becoming a poor business decision, and it's becoming uh, all too I common good, I for this to be PC an issue. Ports as much as the next guy, yeah. But. You know, at some point, like... Who are you devil's advocating here? Like, who are you standing <laughs> up for is what I'm curious just, about. I don't want to, like, blame every every development team that gets handed a project and they have to make a PC port out of it and it sucks. Like, it's not always just their fault. Look, I, I'm not saying it's just the dev team's fault, but someone is making the decision, totally. the conscious decision, to put a game out that doesn't function. Totally. Period. I mean, that the buck's got to stop with somebody. And, and look, worse is that they're releasing at the same price point as the fully functional versions, even if they are taking out, um, like what was it they took out of um, last year with Arkham Knight, aside from the entire game. They also took out stuff that was they there on PS4. It, yeah. it was, um, I think like ambient occlusion and there was a layer of like raindrops that would appear on stuff uh, when it rained and they just stripped it all out of the PC version. Like stuff that like they fully take it out in addition to not working so bad that you then unrelease the game and then re-release the game and it's still so broken that then you offer full refunds. I mean, Wasn't it, who, you know. who worked in the PC port for that game? Was, um, it, was let it Iron me, Galaxy? I think they might be. I, I remember I remember on a podcast, I remember Dave Lang who runs Iron Galaxy talking a whole lot about that whole process and like just how fucked it was, um, which which might be an interesting insight for that, that game specifically. Yeah. Iron Galaxy? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean that that PC port sucked. I don't necessarily think it was any one person's fault. But yeah, there are people that are saying the game has to come out. But you know, if you come to a studio and give them a game and say, "Hey, make a PC port in three months," that's the only option. Like at some point, like that's not the only option. That's the, the releasing option is broken to, is not an option that I would say I'm is not, okay. Right, but there I'm are saying options for the like delay it. Their only option, right? Delay the PC version. It has happened. We don't like it when it happens. I know Ubisoft did it. Uh, Fairly recently on it, I can't remember what the title was, but uh, the PC version released later. And even though you know Ubisoft isn't exactly known for their quality PC ports either, I would rather have a delay and have a working game than have it come out the same day and be an utter shit show. Because I want the games to do well, but it's very hard for them to do well if the developers themselves are sabotaging their game. Right. Part, part of the, it's not, I didn't say it's the developers. Okay, it's like sorry, the, the, the higher usually ups. The, usually the, the publishing wages. executives. Right, but I mean, at some point people need to stop fucking buying the games, they need to stop pre-ordering games, otherwise we're just gonna, they're gonna get a big boon in sales on day one, and then we're gonna get another shitty game. So do, you, do you think that pre-orders are the reason we have so many broken releases these days? I don't think they're the sole reason. I mean, there's definitely a lot of people to blame, but the fact that people keep paying for, like, fucking No Man's Sky is, like, a huge example of this. Like, look how big, look how much their player base dropped off. Look how much, like, on this, they're not, they haven't posted on Twitter in a month or something like that. Did like, you see the uh, the chart showing their social media activity? No, but that's... Um, I'm going to try and find it for broadcast because it's pretty amazing. But, like, you know, how many fucking copies did that game sell? 
And how many non-refundable copies of the game sell by buying it on like a physical disc at for PS4 or something like that? Like that that game like is is a perfect example of like people shouldn't pre-order games if they don't know what they're getting into and or shouldn't pre-order them at all really. But uh and, I mean, and, pre-order like, doesn't necessarily it used to confer a lot of benefits. Nowadays it's not really. Well, it used to be now, that you had to in order to make sure you were getting a physical right, copy on right. day of release. Now with digital, you don't have to worry now, about now, that. Now they're know. creating false like reasons for you to buy the game. Like you're not going to ever be able to get this armor set if you don't pre-order the game. It's like, but ultimately, well, well, it's like fuck. I would like all of the armor sets. Somebody has to buy it. I mean, even if you don't pre-order it, if okay, that's like all right. Let's all gentlemen's agreement. We're not going to pre-order it. So day one, we just all buy it. I mean, if you want the game, if you watch stuff leading up to the game, if the people that are getting review copies are doing a good enough job if, to if, show if, you if, what the if, game is going to be. If, I'm not saying every single person is going to not pre-order the game or buy it on day one, but if a larger percentage of people would wait, see reviews, see coverage in the game, and see how it's doing, like you would, like if half those people realized that, like, holy shit, this game sucks, like sales would be worse, you know? Well, here's the red flag that people need to start looking out for: is if there's not somebody out there that has a review copy of the game that is showing gameplay. Prior that's, that's to the, the release, only, that's that's like a week beforehand. You don't have enough time to to really make that. What do you that's mean you don't have time. the time? You buy it in an instant. It's not like you, okay, it's, let me start the process of buying not, it now. And that's also like a holdover. Like that's the same rule of thumb you can use for even like movies. You know, mm -hmm. if if a studio knows a movie's going to be bad, there's no reviews before it comes out. Yeah. They don't they don't allow, they don't have press screenings. It's like it just comes out. And that's not that's not hundred percent for games. Like there are games that that have embar like review embargoes. For day of release, and they're totally that's, fine. That's different. I'm talking about but like if they don't have like not an embargo, it's like you don't, yeah, you're not provided. Yeah. And yeah. there are some games that do that where it's like, nope. That, that so that is enough time for like someone like you or I to look at it and be like, well, no one's getting review copies. I shouldn't have pre-ordered them in the first place. I'll go cancel my pre-order. But for like the standard, like it's a teenager, like they don't necessarily watch all the game coverage in the world. They don't necessarily know that there aren't reviews coming out or when the review reviews should come out. Or, or or have that sort of insight. Like, not everyone is going to to know to cancel their pre order or to like people people need to sort of rein that stuff in and not pre order as much. Otherwise, you're just giving the company's money ahead of like that. The day one sales of that game are like insane. Yeah. So um, I I have I sent the mm -hmm. um, the No Man's Sky social media chart here. You can see this is a uh, this is their activity on Twitter. Right up. You can see exactly when it launched. And look at that! What what's that? What's line. that? What's that empty spot on the right? Oh yeah, that's since launch. Damn. So frustrating. Damn. That's like you know, that's like when a game comes out and it's so broken that the, it's almost like I don't want to say the developer abandoned ship because I know they've re released ports since then, but they just fully I don't know they turtled. Just not talking to anyone. Yeah. That stuff's stuff so shitty. Man. And that's the kind of thing that then allows like everyone who's got a problem with it to write the story because they're not t saying. Anything. Right. Did you see that <laughs> Shuhei Yoshida uh, came out and oh. kind of threw them under the bus yeah. a little oh, bit? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he <laughs> oh, said really? something. Oh, <laughs> That's a little fucked up. So, so it was, it was <laughs> a comment uh, along the lines of like, um, yeah, I think he he may have overpromised some stuff that didn't end up being in the game, but you know he's just an indie developer. Right. His comment was yeah, like, he, said, like with, he needs like, a marketing with, guy. He was like, no uh, PR this guy. Is a, yeah, this is a bad PR problem because he didn't have a PR guy. And at the end of the day, the he's just an indie dev. Do, do, like, you, you, do you think that Sean Murray was on 
evening talk shows because they were like, let's get that guy in. And Sony wasn't involved because there were interviews with Sean Murray where the interview itself said uh, the, you know, the PR person then cut off this line of discussion and moved us along. That was uh, in relation to, I think, a potential future Xbox One port. There was a PR person there. Sony's PR person. So even furthermore, I was watching another podcast, um, a giant bomb. And he, he mentioned that the head of third party for PlayStation or for Sony uh, made a comment about No Man's Sky saying that, like, we want this game to be not just an indie game. So we're, we're going we're gonna to give it the full power of Sony behind it to make sure it's, a, it's treated like a, th- a first party release. And it's like, you fucking idiots. Well, I mean, we didn't know. I mean, at but, the time, but, that, but, that was a good strategy. There was so much hype behind it. I don't blame him for wanting to do that. Yes, but you can't then come out and say, hey, it's just an indie game because it sucks. Just fuck them. Indie game jerks, like come on! Man. I don't think they were that dismissive about it. I, don't, I think it's maybe a little also, overblown. Can we just say that there are indie? There are plenty of indie games that come out and are incredible. Yep. And I don't feel like saying that something is like just a shitty indie game is any sort of excuse for overpromising, underdelivering, nope. or it's just an indie game you, that costs it, the same just, as a triple A. Right? Yeah. It just it's, it sounds a little derogatory when you say it that way. It you, does. You, I mean, though, when you couch it in terms of being an indie game, though, it does seem. Like they did accomplish a lot. They like absolutely the did. Great. If it had been marketed as an indie game, that would have been very different. I don't. I don't, I don't know to, to do if, what they did. If I took that game in a bubble and I didn't know the, how much it cost, I didn't know how many people made it, or had no expectations for it, and I played it, I still would probably see like the amount of potential the game had, and actually how little was there, mm-hmm. and probably had very similar feelings. Maybe a little bit less anger. But, like, I feel like I would feel about the same way. Adam, you can't always blame the devs. Sometimes <laughs> there's, like, a money man that just comes in and says, you Absolutely. gotta do it. You talked about um, No Man's Sky turtling on Twitter, and now I can't stop thinking of a Rathy Basin in World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> old old PvP battleground. Yep. You got a turtle. It was a good strategy. You got a turtle. That's <laughs> um, this game I really want to get back into. Wow. Wow. I've been yeah. thinking about it. So the thing that turned me off was I was, like, before Destiny came out, I was I'm gonna I'm gonna play WoW. I'm gonna come home. I'm gonna download the expansion. Then someone told me that there are no weapon drops in the new World of Warcraft. What? What does that mean? What? So you you don't go to a dungeon and kill a boss and get a weapon anymore. I hope that your weapon drops. Any weapon. Right. Period. There are no weapon drops. Every every it's all class, token based. Every no, not even. Every class has a single weapon. So no, they listen didn't do to that. me. As a rep paladin, you have a you have the Ashbringer, and then the Ashbringer can then be upgraded and and transformed into like a lightning Ashbringer that has some other properties. But every single class in the game has its own class weapon, and there are no other weapons in the game. What? They Dragon Age two'd it. <laughs> so, but that was that was like half the fun of the game. Was- so like frost frost death knights have uh, frostborn. And that's the, but that's the only weapon they have, and everyone fucking has it. So, is it at least upgradable in a branching fashion? So you can yes, go like the like, lightning yes. route, or you can so go you have, the, you have a the choice fire of like route? how you want to upgrade said weapons. And a lot of people say this is totally fine, and they're happy with it. I just, from the outside looking in, hearing that, or like not being able to look forward to a weapon drop, or everyone having the same but basic style that, of weapon. That was kind of the fun of it. Was like doing a raid, you know, finishing the last boss, and being like. I hope my drop yes. drops this week. Absolutely, it's a one point four percent chance. Absolutely, but I hope it drops. And then you're like, oh, no, not this week. I'll be back next week and I'll try again. Yep. I mean, God, dude, 
I don't know. The red uh, game has come a long way then since like <laughs> since Vanilla. <laughs> so it, it's they still have all the armor though. Yeah, armor still drops. I mean, I'm surprised at that a little bit. The argument now is that you can transmog stuff from older like older expansions. Like you can take older weapon skins and put them over the new one. But it's like at the same fucking time. It's like. What about new weapon skins? <laughs> I don't just want six versions of Frostmourne, you know? I don't know. I feel I feel like I'm being a little negative without having played it, but at the same time, not having weapon drops is a huge problem for me, and it will I'll probably lead to me never playing Legion. Well, I mean, it uh, it certainly cuts down on the collectible stuff. Like, if you go in for the collectible crack, it's like, well... I don't... I, don't. It I mean, it does take an element out of the game. Yeah. There, I mean, there's always, like, you get something that's slightly better than a thing that you have, and... You're, like this is your new favorite thing, but there's another favorite thing that you want, and that's part of that's part of why you go out. Is like, I mean, maybe collecting is the wrong term for it because it's very much a progression thing. But it's no, that but there's sort there's of like element to having like all the cool weapons in your bank. I mean, but does that only start for some of the higher level characters, or do you build from z level one? Which I know you can't start Death Knight at one, can you? No, I think I think when you get to like. I don't know that it's it's called an artifact weapon. Yeah, and I don't know like when weapons drop stop happening. I don't know if in like the beginning of Legion you're just given this artifact weapon, you level it up with you. I do not know. All I know is that mm -hmm. I've spoken to my friend David. You know him. I know David, mm -hmm. and he was telling me there are no weapon drops in the game. You just have your artifact weapon. He's been playing a lot of uh, he, wow, right? he loves it, dude. And mm -hmm. that was like part of the reason I wanted to get into it was he was so like gung ho about it and telling me how awesome all this different things stuff was. Um, but then he said there are no weapon drops, and I was like, I. Stop I feel really bad because I can't remember. There was a sword I wanted from Molten Core. Okay, I don't know about. Mo it was it was a mage. It was a sword a mage could oh, use. Mage oh, you should log back in. You might already have it. I never got it, and well, I, I wanted know. that sword. You may have it now, though. Forever. It might be the only one you have. You may, maybe your only option. And I can. I, it never dropped for me. I spent. Man, I spent so many hours trying to get it and it never I fucking always, dropped. That was like my favorite thing in a while. I was walking around and seeing like all the, or not all the, but the few people with like a, a Thunder Fury or you like a giant greatsword, like the giant Ashkandi greatsword mm -hmm. of the Brotherhood. Like seeing that stuff and like being able to awe at that stuff and like have that as the thing you're looking forward to doing is was, was a great carrot on the stick. Uh, Falcon4196 on Twitter says, Each spec has an artifact weapon. Those weapons have slots for relics. The relics act as the weapon drop for the expansion. Each so that the, the relics then turn your okay. Ashbringer into a lightning Ashbringer. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. That's not... Still an Ashbringer. So instead of, right. like, it's, it's not necessarily, like, a branching path, like... Oh, my it weapon has experience, and now I can do this or this. It's like collecting stuff and like dropping it in like he, he gems said, or something. He said the spec, and I, I did mean to say spec. I don't mean that like a warlock only has one weapon. It's like uh, demonology and whatever the other specs are. They all have their own artifact weapon that's specific to that spec. Hmm. Um, so paladins have like the, the Ashbringer for Rhett and something else for Prot and something else for whatever the fucking other classes or specs are in that game. I can't remember. All right, well, it's about time to... Uh Wrap this up. On that disappointing note. So, yeah. thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, we will see you guys next week. And I'm going to find this fucking sword. And if you're a Rooster Teeth first member, um, you'll be able to check out um, our post show. Uh, we do a uh, post show exclusively for Rooster Teeth first members um, on the website every single week. It happens after so this. It's a little bit more patch for, for your week. This. <laughs> All right, bye.